Let's get into this series, okay? Um, how sweet the sound. Um, let me ask you this. What are some of the sweetest sounds you know? Um, just saw a, a newborn baby this morning, about five weeks old. Is it the ooing and the cooing of a newborn baby? Or this morning when I was up early doing my, doing my stuff, I heard the birds chirping outside, birds chirping on a spring day. Is it uh, baseball, hitting the mitt and hearing an umpire yell out, play ball in the spring. Like, what are those sweet sounds for you? I, I did a Google search on some of the sweetest, soothing sounds, and I ran across two uh, different websites, one that had kind of the traditional um, kind of soothing sounds, and then one that came from a radio station that was like non-traditional. So uh, let me, let me, let's do a vote here, and let me walk through the traditional sounds, and let's take a vote. Let's see how many of y'all would agree that these are sweet, soothing sounds. Let's start with this one, the sound of the ocean. Let me see, raise of hands, how many of y'all would say sweet sound, soothing sound? Yes, I agree. How many of y'all would say not so much, not my thing? Okay, most of y'all are, yes. All right, what about this? What about raindrops? Raindrops falling, not thunderstorms, just raindrops. Yes, and I know we're. I know y'all love that sound. I know it's soothing because I, uh, when it rains here while I'm preaching, I know some uh, y'all just some of y'all just fall asleep. I mean, y'all are just out, and I'm going to choose to believe it's the raindrops and not my preaching. That's what I'm going to go with. How about this? How about white noise? How many of y'all just like some white noise playing in the background? Yeah, okay, all right. We got some people. That's mine. Um, now, here's a list from a radio station, which I thought was interesting. I don't know, some station like WKRP in Cincinnati. Um, but, but they said one is sizzling bacon, the sound of sizzling bacon. Anybody? All right, we got a few. Uh, how many of y'all say it's got to be the sound and the smell of, yes, okay, that's some soothingness right there, okay. How about this? They also said the opening notes of one of your favorite TV shows. So let's try this out. How many of y'all would say that this first TV show, this is soothing sound? Oh. <laughs> I saw Afton went, yes, right there. Okay, how about this next one? How about this next one? Oh, come on now. That's, oh, yes. Uh, my older crowd in here is like, yes, absolutely, cheers. Um, how about this? They also said a crowd cheering a touchdown. Soothing sound? I don't know. Let me see. Raise a hand. Anybody? I guess it depends on if it's your team scoring, I guess. I don't know. And then there were a few I didn't get. There was bread popping out of the toaster, mail landing in the mailbox. I don't even know what that sounds like. Opening a beer can. And we'll leave it there. Okay, we'll just stop it. This is from the radius. I don't know. Kind of weird. That's, I'm just telling you what it said. But there are so many soothing sounds that, that just make this world just a little bit better. And there's so much that we could talk about. But there's one soothing, sweet sound that everybody can get behind. And that's that song that we just sang, Amazing Grace. Not only is it a great song, but when we sing it, we're reminded of just how sweet the sound is, of God's grace, of His grace, being given to us amazing grace how sweet the sound of it that saved a wretch like me you know grace is one of the things that makes the god that we worship different from any other god in any other part of the world right grace is something that is given to us it is the best gift 
that's given to us. And it's available for all of us. So what I want to do is I started this last Sunday in Easter, and I talked about grace for the past, present, and future. And I want to I spend some time focusing on the grace of God today and next Sunday, okay? And let's start here. Let's start with the psalmist in Psalm 145. He says this, The Lord is gracious, kind, and tender. He is slow to get angry and full of love. The, the Bible, over and over and over again, continually reminds us that we serve a gracious God. God loves to bless his people. God loves to give his grace, even when we don't deserve it, even when we don't even know who God is. His grace still pours out of him and into us. For example, when we baptize a baby. Do y'all remember little Riley a couple of weeks back on Palm Sunday? Even before that baby knows that there is a God, God's grace is all over that child. God's grace is a gift to every single one of us. God's grace is given to those people even when they run away from God. Right? Even when they distance themselves from God. And you know what? We could all probably share a story of a time when we did that. And you know what? God never left you. His grace was always with you. His grace is always there wooing us and trying to pull us back into our, his presence. Listen, we don't want to imagine a world without the grace of God. It's amazing. And honestly, you can't begin to understand the Christian faith. You can't begin to understand Methodism and Wesleyan theology without understanding all the different levels and opportunities of grace that are available to us through God. And you see, I believe that when you fully grasp it, when you begin to understand the grace that's available, the love that God has for you, you know what it does? It, it makes you love him more. It makes you want to draw closer to his presence. So what I want to do, again, I, I just want to talk about, I want to dive into this idea of grace and what it means for us as followers of Christ. And today, what I want to focus on is I'm going to focus on this sustaining grace that God gives us, his, his sanctifying grace in our life, that grace that's offered to us as we journey through this life together. And, and I want to start off by reminding you that God has a plan and he's got a purpose for every single person in here. And the Bible says, not only does he have a plan in your life, but he wants to finish that plan. Like he wants to see it happen. What the, the, the goal and everything that he has in store for you, ultimately to become more like his son, Jesus Christ, he wants to see it through. And he's going to give you the grace to be able to make it. Check this out in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. It says it this way. Paul says, I am confident that the creator, the one who made you, who has begun such a great work in you, will not stop. He's not going to stop in mid-design. He is remaking you right now. He has designed you, he's created you, but when you accept him, he is designing you to become more like Jesus. He's not going to stop midway, but he's going to keep perfecting you until the day Jesus, the anointed, our liberating king, returns to redeem the world. Focus on that word, perfecting. That's what it's all about. Like that, that's, what, that's the journey that we're on is towards this perfection. It's, it's towards becoming more like Jesus Christ. That's his goal when we give our hearts to God. He wants to, to keep creating and recreating in us and restoring in us that image of his son. 
And it doesn't say that God hopes to finish. It doesn't say you're lucky if God gets to a point where he feels kind of good about it. Or, or, you know what, only if. Only if you do these certain things or you check off this list or you go to church every Sunday or you do this or that, then maybe God will get you. No, 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 no. It says God's not going to stop. He's going to keep on until it's completed. So here's what Paul is getting at. Is that if you've given your life to Christ, and you've opened your, your life to him, then the ultimate goal one day is for you to be in eternity with God. Like That's what God wants. He wants to have you in his presence, to have that eternal relationship with you in heaven one day. But until that day comes, until the anointed one, Jesus Christ, comes to take us to that point, until that time comes, there is this gap. There's this time that we're living here on earth. And God wants us to enjoy this experience as well. And God has a plan for us here as well. And God has, you know, the scripture says that it's, it's kind of like a race. And God doesn't want us just to kind of like, you know, lazily walk through this race or lollygag through it. No, no, no. He wants us to, to blow it out. He wants us to run to win. He wants us to finish this race in life, this time period between now and when Jesus comes or till we meet Jesus in heaven. He wants us to finish strong, and God is going to help us do that. And then the big question becomes, but how do we do that? How do we do that? Because I don't know if you've noticed this before, but life is hard. This this gap that we have between now and eternity with God, or being in heaven with this this portion is difficult. I know heaven is going to be great, and eternity is one thing, and I can't wait to be there and be in God's glory, and everything is going to be, every tear is going to be wiped from our face, as Scripture says. But in this time, it's difficult. This journey, where we are now, is hard. How do we make it? How how do we keep going on through the perfection, through becoming more like Christ? It it comes down to God's grace. It comes down to God's sustaining, sanctifying grace. You see, grace isn't what's just given to you when you accept Jesus Christ. It's not just given to you when you, you know, accept him as your Lord and Savior and his grace covers your sins. Yes, that happens, but it doesn't stop. It, It keeps going. It continues in your life. Grace is given to keep you moving forward. Even when it feels like sometimes you want to give up. Even when it feels like sometimes you're not going to make it. Even when it feels like sometimes you don't understand. God's grace continues, continues in our life. Let me share another piece of scripture with you. This, come, this one comes from Peter. and you, you remember Peter, right? If anybody knew about the grace of God, it was Peter because he messed up over and over and over again. And yet, Jesus gives him grace and continues to allow him to be not just a disciple, but the disciple, right? The one that the church is going to be built on. So he knew something of grace. But he also, he knew of the grace to sustain, to keep you moving forward, And then the letter he writes in 1 Peter, most scholars characterize this as one of suffering and persecution. So listen to what he writes as an encouragement to other believers. He says this. He says, God always gives you the grace you need. God always gives you the grace you need. So you will only have to suffer for a little while. Then God will build you up again. 
And he's going to make you strong and steady. I've written to speak the truth about the true grace of God. So remain strong in it. What is it? It is the grace. Remain strong in his grace. That's what you have that's going to build you up. That's what's going to sustain you. And then go back to that other verse one time, Brandon. God always will give you the grace you need. It's always there. It's always available. The question is, are you looking for it? Are you asking for it? God's grace is there to help us. Help us on this journey. How does God's grace help us on our journey through life? Let me give you a couple points. If you got your message notes open and you want to fill in some blanks, you can uh, find them on the app. For those of you that are with us online, you can also find them on the app and join in with us this morning. Let me give you a few points to consider. God's grace helps me in this journey of life when things are difficult, when I'm tempted, number one, tempted. Okay. You know, I remember when we were in school, middle school, I remember how we used to joke around by walking up behind uh, one of our buddies and kicking their foot while they were walking to try to trip them. How many of y'all, be honest, how many of you have done that? In, yeah, okay, there you go. Uh, middle school boys, I mean, what are you going to do, right? So, I imagine Satan kind of doing this to us in life. Because in 1 Peter, Peter goes on to say that Satan roams around like a lion, just looking for victims. And I imagine him coming up behind us when we're just trying to get from class to class, <laughs> when we're just trying to get from point A to point B, B in one day and not have any trouble. And here comes Satan behind us trying to trip us up, trying to make us fall. You see... You may not realize this, but the moment you accept Jesus Christ into your life, you're going to have trouble. Satan's going to be after you. He doesn't like the fact that you're with God, so he's going to try his best to trip you up. And he's going to make you face some moral decisions. And you're between point A and point B, or wherever you're going in life, he's going, to, he's going to make you question, am I going to do what's right, or am I going to do what's wrong, and am I going to do what's selfish, am I going to do what's unselfish? He's going to tempt us. Hoping, hoping to trip us up. And it makes life hard. But what I need you to know is that everyone is tempted. Every single person is tempted. Well, we even know Jesus was tempted. You, you know that, right? G Jesus was without sin, but it doesn't negate the fact that he was tempted. So if Jesus was tempted and never sinned, then it knows, Jesus knows, God knows what it's like to be tempted. You know, sin, it's not a sin to be tempted. Temptation's going to happen. Now, the sin is when we dwell on it. The sin is when we focus on it. The sin is when it gets more attention than God. The sin is when we give in. And we allow it to trip us up. One time a reporter was interviewing Billy Graham, and they were talking about all the scandals that have taken place with highly successful people. And the reporter asked them, they were like, how have you managed to never have a scandal in your life? And Billy Graham, he, he, he quoted this verse from 1 Corinthians. And he says this, the temptations in your life are no different than what other people experience. Billy Graham says, I've had all these temptations before. It's no different for me than it is anybody else. He goes on to say, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. That's where his grace comes in. He'll help you stand up. When you're tempted, he's going to show you a way out so that you can endure. 
You see, the point is, when we journey through this life, when, when we're going through that perfection process and trying to become more like Jesus, temptation's still going to come. It comes for everyone. It's just those of us who, who learn to grab onto Christ and find that grace we need, it will keep us from getting tripped up. And this is an amazing promise that Scripture gives us. Two things about this verse real quick that I want you to, I want you to know. Number one, it, it, it says that God will never allow the temptation to be more than you can handle. In other words, His grace is more than the temptation you face. Okay, so that means that whenever you give in and you do something and you say, I just couldn't help myself, I had to do it, you're not telling the truth. Because God promises and Scripture says that God is faithful, He promises to show us a way out. He promises to walk alongside so that when Satan is tripping you up, He is there, His grace is there to hold on to, to keep you from falling. The second thing we learned from this is that we all have the same temptations. It's no different than anybody else. Billy Graham experienced the same types of temptations every single person in this room faces. So the good news is, is that when you're tempted, you know that there are other people that are facing the same temptation. And if you realize that, then you realize that there's got to be a common solution. And the reason I say this is because I've heard people say, well, my situation is unique. You would never understand what I'm dealing with. And according to scripture, that's not true. You can't use that as an excuse. So God's sustaining grace is there. As we journey through life, it is hard. It is difficult. Because of the temptations that we face, where Satan is just trying over and over and over again, just walking up behind us, tripping us every now and then, just hoping we fall. But God's grace is there to keep us steady and to keep us strong. The second thing that you got to know when it comes to God's grace is that when we journey through life, uh, through life, God's grace, number two, is for us when we're tired. When we're tired and we just want to give up. And we just can't handle it anymore. And we're just so exhausted. You know what? One of the, thing, one of the ways that I knew that I was getting older is that uh, morning conversations, morning conversations with Shannon used to be so much different 20 years ago. Because when we'd wake up in the morning, you know, we'd start off in the morning with, you know, I love you. We talk about the plans for the day or, you know, what we read in the news or, you know, this, that, or that. Now when we wake up in the morning, we look at each other and like, did you sleep well? I don't know, man, my back, I just couldn't, you know, my, my neck, oh. Nobody told me the harder it is to sleep, the older you get. I didn't realize this, but now I know that I'm getting old. But life is hard. It's exhausting. It's tiring. It takes a whole lot of energy. And you know what? I don't even have to tell you this, but moving forward in what God has for you, moving forward in that perfecting nature of, of becoming more like Jesus, it's hard. It's difficult. It's tiring because it's hard to keep living a Christian life. It is. It's exhausting because doing the right thing isn't always the easiest thing to do. It's tough. It requires a lot of work. And let me just ask you, I know know this has got to be the same for you, but do you ever just get tired of doing the right thing? I do. It's hard always swimming upstream against everything, when it seems like every TV show, every movie, everything on social media is all saying this one thing or doing it this way, and yet you're trying to do it God's way. You're trying to do what God wants for your life, and it's exhausting. Where do we get the power 
to do the right thing even when we don't feel like doing the right thing. Because sometimes, I'll be honest, I know I'm a preacher, I'm always supposed to be on, but I don't always feel like doing the right thing. I mean, at the end of a long day, I want to come home, I want to be grouchy. If I'm telling the truth, I want to be rude to people when they're rude to me. I don't always want to turn the other cheek. When I'm at Walmart, I want to grab a manager when there's 50 open aisles and only one of them is open at the checkout register, and I'm like, what's going on? And I'm impatient. You know, I, I don't always feel like being... You know, let me read this to you, 2 Corinthians. Here's how, here's how it's possible. It says, God makes it possible for you and us to stand firmly together with Christ. God is also the one who chose us and put his spirit in our hearts to show that we belong only to him. Focus on those words, his spirit, and being able to stand firmly. These two go together. The Holy Spirit is the one that energizes us to stand firm. That's where we draw our strength. That's how we keep swimming against the... That's how we keep moving forward in the perfecting grace of Jesus Christ. And you know what? I, I think it's different, too, when we approach it this way. Instead of trying to be more like Jesus, maybe we should be trusting to be more like Jesus. And let, let me say, it can be exhausting sometimes because we keep trying to do so much more good. Like, we're trying to live into this standard. We're trying to do this. We're trying to live our life this way. And it's just wearing us out. Maybe the key to the Christian life is to stop trying so much and to start trusting more. Right? Start trusting that God's going to do his work. Start trusting and leaning into that grace. And when you do that, the more you learn to trust in him, the more power you get. You know, in Acts chapter 6, there's this great story of the first Christian martyr named Stephen. And if you got a chance, maybe this afternoon you can go and read it, but he's brought up before the high council on some trumped up charges. He's teaching about Jesus. He's leading other people to know the grace of God. And they want to shut him up. They don't want him preaching the gospel message. So they're looking for any excuse they can find to kill him. So when they ask him to explain himself, he's got to stand up in front of this council. This seemingly unknown guy. We don't know anything much about Stephen at all. And here he is. He is front and center on stage for his life. And he begins by talking to the council, and he, he begins sharing the story of God, and he starts all the way back with Abraham. And then he moves through Joseph, and he moves Moses, and King David, and Solomon, and he starts to unpack Scripture from the very beginning and show how the story of God has been leading to the fulfillment of Jesus Christ, that Jesus was God's plan to save the world. And when they couldn't take it anymore... They grabbed stones, and they killed him for it. And when I'm reading that story, I'm thinking to myself, where, where did this guy get the strength he needed to go against the flow? Because I'm sure he was tired. I'm sure he was exhausted. I'm sure he was worn out from all the oppression because there was a lot of persecution and oppression happened at that. How did he not give up? How does this, you know, seemingly unknown Average Joe, find the strength to do this. And here's, here's what I find in Acts chapter 6, verse 8. Here's how it describes him. Stephen, a man full of God's grace. Full 
of God's grace, which gave him the power. You see, the strength he needed comes from God. The strength we need comes from God because his grace is unlimited. His power is unlimited. So when we need strength and energy to keep moving forward, we receive it from God if we're looking for it. He gives us grace when we're tired. And then the third thing is that he gives us grace when we're troubled. When we're troubled. You know, Jesus didn't hide any of this, that life would be hard. And he says, you know what? Jesus even said when he was preparing everybody for his death, he said, in this world you will have trouble. Not you might. Not it could happen. No, no, no. He said you will have trouble. So we should expect it. We're going to have obstacles. But what we've got to remember is that the grace of God is available to us. When it comes to the trouble in this life, there are problems that I bring on myself. And you know, that's one thing to handle those problems. Those troubles that come, are when the things that I do to myself, and I look at this and I'm like, okay, I messed up, I've got to fix that. that. That's one thing. Like, I can deal with those problems. They're difficult to deal with, but I can deal with that better than, than those problems that come that I didn't plan for, that were unfair. Those things that happen to me that are uncalled for, that are unjust, right? Those things that happen in your life that where you're just like, this just isn't fair. Those kind of troubles, those are hard to deal with. Or the troubles where you just don't know when it's going to end. Like when I can see a trouble and I know, well, I've got a couple of months of this and then things will get better. Or I got this time period and then we'll move forward after this. Like I can deal with those troubles. But when I look at a troubling situation and I don't see the end and I don't know how it's going to play out and I don't know how long this is going to take, that's difficult. That's difficult to deal with. And some of us, some of us right now, we're dealing with trouble in our life that just won't go away. We don't know what to do. What do you do in those moments? Here's what you do. We focus on the grace of Christ. We focus on that sustaining power that he gives us. Isaiah 41.10 says this. Don't be afraid. This is God saying this to you this morning. Don't be afraid. I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will hold you with my victorious right hand. Look at all those promises in here. I am with you, I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will hold you. I mean, that just pretty much covers it all, doesn't it? That's God's promise to you this morning. You know, the sad thing is, is that the American way and, and what this culture teaches us is just to be self-reliant, just to pull, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and get to it, and you fix this problem, you caused it, or you can do this all on your own. And that's just not true. There are some trouble in this life that are just, it's just too much for us to handle. And we weren't meant to handle it. We were meant to rely on God's strength. God never said this life would be easy. In fact, Jesus warns us that there will be trouble. And the trouble in life is our opportunity to lean more in to God, to trust in that grace, and receive the power that he provides. So his grace is there to help us when we're tempted, when we're tired, and when we're troubled. So the big question to end with is, how do we get more of God's grace? Like, how, how, do, how can I get, because I'm going through all these things right now, like, how do I get more of God's grace 
in my life. Let me give you these three things real quick. You got to do these things. Number one, you got to call out. You got to cry out to God. You got to admit your inadequacy and say, God, I can't do this. I don't know. Will you give me your grace? Will you give me your power? Will you hold me up? Scripture says specifically that God gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself. Call out to him. The second thing is that we got to remember God's promises. we got to let Scripture, like what we just read, comfort you and strengthen you and fill you and soothe you. Let Scripture give you the power and the encouragement to keep going in life. we got to get in God's Word every day and be reminded of the promises that he gives us. Let that strengthen you. And then the third thing we got to do is we got to accept support. Again, Part of God's grace is provided through other people. We're not made to travel through this life all on our own. We need the support that comes from being a part of the family of God. So let me ask you today, when it comes to that sweet sound of amazing grace, do you need more of his sustaining grace today? Are you feeling discouraged Do you feel like giving up? Do you feel like giving up at at work or on a relationship or with a problem? Or are you being tempted and you feel like, man, this would just be easier just to keep giving in? Or are you tired of fighting this all on your own, not really thinking that God will make you more like Jesus or can even attempt to make you more like Jesus? Are you saying, I don't know right now, preacher, how to put one foot in front of the other. It was all I could do to get up this morning just to come to church or to turn on YouTube this morning and connect. I want you to know, no matter what you're going through, no matter what it is, the grace of God is powerful. He will sustain you. Don't give up. Look up. Look up to God and receive his grace. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this time this morning. And you know, before we go too deep into prayer, I would just like to pray for those who are discouraged this morning. You know, maybe you walked in here with a lot of anxiety. Maybe you're struggling with guilt and shame. I don't know, maybe it's depression, financial difficulties, conflicts at home, whatever it is that's weighing you down. And maybe you just feel like, I just can't handle it. Maybe it's a temptation, it's a trouble, or you're just tired of it. Maybe you just feel like everything's out of control. I want you to know that God wants to help you. So tell them right now. Everybody in here, everybody that's online, just right now, let's just have a moment of prayer and tell him what's discouraging you. Humble yourself and bring it before him. Let's pause and let's just pray. Jesus, you know every need that's represented in here today. You know what we need even before we come to you. God, you know our hearts and our fears. You know our struggles and our sins. God, I just pray for those who are hurting this morning. God, may they find relief. 
for those that are discouraged. God, may they just may they just receive your sustaining grace today. May they sense your loving arms wrapped around them. For those that are carrying a heavy load today, God, may they understand the power and the peace that comes through your grace. God, for those that are tempted, and they may not feel like they can stop doing whatever it is they know they shouldn't be doing, God, may they not give up. But may they find the grace to keep moving forward. Jesus, we're just reminded that we need you in our lives. God, we need your grace every day. We thank you that you love us enough to give us the power that we need. And not just to complete this race in life, but God, to to run it well, to be in it, to win it, to become more like your son, Jesus. So God, I just pray that you would pour out your grace on those that are gathered here in this room and online today. We humble ourselves and we ask for more of you in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen.